this is Martin Coburn and welcome to another podcast from Leadership Inspiration. I am delighted to say today I am joined by Helen Blake. Helen Blake is the managing director of a business called Future Curve. This is a business that specializes in helping people develop their value proposition. We actually came together on a project we were working on with uh, another client. In fact, we were invited by this client along with another colleague to help them work on developing their sales capability in terms of winning larger transformational deals. We kind of had some shared but different skill sets and the client wanted us to work together. Anyway, it turns out very, very quickly, not having ever met Helen before, that we certainly shared some similar values around and approaches to winning work with clients and we hit it off in a really really strong way and so i am really pleased that helen has given up some of her time today to come and join us to talk to us about well one of her favorite subjects and that is creating a and compelling value proposition she's written a book on the sub subject called selling your value proposition amongst other books as well we actually, once we got talking, we actually found ourselves talking about another subject called solution selling, which is a big, big passion of mine. And so what we've decided to do is actually split this podcast into two elements. So in this particular session, we're going to be talking about developing your value proposition and the importance of that. So please welcome Helen. Martin, thank you very much. What a lovely introduction. Thank you very much. Well, well deserved, I would say. So listen, could you just maybe just describe broadly the kind of work you do with clients? Yeah. Um, Future Curve is um, a business consultancy. We're quite unusual, actually, because we're um, a combination of a classic management or business consultancy. Um, and we blend it with um, psychology, organizational psychology because we believe that um, a value proposition is a work of strategy. And I'll go on to explain about that if you like. Yeah. Um, but the kind of work we do is really working with companies of all sizes. I suppose our consulting work, we specialize in large complex corporates, multinationals, um, because that's the background. You know, I'm ex-KPMG, ex-Accenture. Mm -hmm. Gemini. So I've got that kind of heritage. So I do understand how large complex multinationals work. We, we set up the business actually to work with organizations because we felt there was a real gap in understanding what value propositions were and are actually. We set up the business about 18 years ago. So we've been going for a old while now. 18 and years, right. Okay. 18 years. Yeah. 18 years this year, which we should have a little party wow. in the spring. Yeah. Yeah. And um, coming of age. The coming of age, absolutely. <laughs> we get champagne out finally. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, what we've been doing is um, what we find. I'll tell, tell you what's fascinating, Martin. Mm -hmm. When we set the business up, we thought we were going to, we had this kind of, I, I suspect, extremely naive idea that we were going to help organisations who were struggling. We have never done that in all of our time of operating in those nearly 18 years. Because never helped, sorry, what was that? Never helped organizations? Who were struggling. Ah, okay. All of our clients have come to us because, they, uh, they're, they're, because they're really good. And what they have found is that they were just starting to get, you know, those early signs, those early shimmers in the water. Mm. 
And that might have been either they were becoming commoditized, price was becoming a conversation, or their differentiation was starting to diminish and they were really kind of sounding like me too. So it was that real sense of we know something needs sharpening up. Mm. And we know it's something in our relationship with our customers or clients, depending on what, what the organization does. And come and help us. And that's what we and our bespoke methodology have come in to do. And so what we, you know, so the, the work that we have done, depending on what the issues that we find in our research, uh, we sharpen up uh, messaging, which of course is an output, not the starting point. Um, we, uh, you know, we move away from price as a, a lever of value. We help with increased differentiation from key competitors. Uh, and frankly, we bring customers into the process. If you bring your client into the process, as opposed to treating them as other, mm -hmm. you suddenly start to get this much more systemic approach to creating a genuine sense of win-win value. And so that's exactly what we have done for uh, organizations, uh, huge organizations, medium-sized organizations, and startups. So, yeah, it's really, it's really very interesting. Excellent. Thank you. I, I hear a lot of conversations about value propositions. I'm always, I'm always getting asked by marketeers, you know, have you, have you clearly defined your value proposition? I think I have. Uh, but then they are start asking for, and I'm just, can you just maybe explain, if you're an experienced marketeer listening to this, then no doubt they'll have their uh, explanation. But for the, maybe the numerous consultancies that are listening to this or business are listening to this, what do you, what's your definition of that? What do we really mean by a value proposition? Yeah, I think that's, a, do you know, I think that's a really um, interesting question, Martin, in the sense that there are so many different levels of understanding of what a value proposition is. So from our perspective, what we work to, I, I mentioned it earlier that, that a value proposition is a work of strategy. And what I mean by that is um, it's messaging is an output from it. It's a bit like your corporate treasure chest from which you do research and you pull it all together. So if you like, the definition of a, of a value proposition is it's the sum of your offerings. In other words, what you as an organization does. And you bring that together with so what are the customer or client experiences? So it's that combination of inside out and outside in. It's the two sides of the same coin that you have to bring together. And I think it's also worth mentioning, it's not just offerings plus customer experiences. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Um, uh, it, it? It's everything that the customer experiences. So it's every touch point that that customer has with your organization means it informs their experience and perception of what value is for them. And is so, that, is that, sorry, is, and is that possible to do that if you've got a business which, say, is offering a number of different services? Yeah. Do they, because my sort of feel, or if I, if I think about a value proposition, I almost think about it by service or by product. You know, what, what is your value proposition for this? Are you, you're describing an organization's need to be able to articulate what their value proposition is across for the, for the, whole, uh, the whole business. Is that what you're describing? 
Yes, and I think I think the challenge with the with what you're uh, just describing, Martin, is what we tend to find is that then you end up with incoherence across the organisation. Mm. You end up with different people crafting different messages for different either sectors or divisions or whatever yeah. it might be. And so what we found um, uh, and what we are actually really very passionate about is that you need a value proposition for your organisation from which you can then refine and refine, but it's from a common source. And I've had this argument with, I don't know, let's say professional services firms, just as an example, but because I have this mm. discussion all the time, is, oh, but, you know, tax is so different from corporate recovery. Yes, right. in terms of a product or a service that you're delivering. Right, that's my point. But the, yeah. but the coherent experience that you have, it is amazing how common the experience of your clients are or is Mm. Um, across those different service areas because there is a common culture, a common way of recruiting, a common uh, way of doing business that actually trickles through whatever it is that you do. So the brand and the culture create that cohesion. And so to have the value proposition at that level, what then means you can draw that down into the specifics as you get closer and closer and closer to a sale. Right. So it's okay. about a common repository or treasure chest, as I mentioned, and then narrowing it down or refining it to wherever you might need it if you're working at that large corporate level. Got it. I understand. I understand. That makes more sense. I mean, it, you know, it's, it, and, and do you find that, you know, where, where, you know, how mature are people with this process of developing their value proposition? You work with very large organizations. Is it one of those things where people feel that they've actually clearly got it defined or is, or is that um, more from their world? I mean, one of the things I heard you talk a lot about is this idea of outside in and inside out. And my hunch would be that people are a little bit more inside out with their value proposition. So perhaps you can talk a little bit more about, I know something you're particularly passionate about connecting with clients. There, there are so many things. Do you know, I'm such a sad act. I'm so passionate about this. I get, yeah. the, you know, I'm this kind of the bore at the dinner party about this. And look, most organizations, uh, I, do you know what? I'm kind of one of them in a way, mm. are absolutely passionate about what they do. Inevitably, the starting yes. point is the inside out. You know, it's, it's, it's hard it's harder to get that outside in perspective, to go and stand in your client or customer's shoes than it is to uh, say, okay, I know what I want to achieve. I know what I want to build. I'm passionate. I built the best I can. I've crafted it. I've refined it. And I love it. Or words to that effect. And of course, you then want to go and talk about it. It's like talking yeah. about your children. Of course. Uh, of course you do. You know, yeah. and I, there is no blame or shame intended in, in saying, that's like looking at the world mm. through one eye. Right. You just don't get the richness. And I think there's a, there's a naivety, and it's a well-intentioned naivety, again, no criticism here, that, that the customers are outside and they can't see in. It's like you've got some sort of shield around right. the organisation. It's nice just so not true. It's just not true. Customers, clients, see more than you can possibly imagine. Right. They see relationships. They see the dynamics between directors. They see what's going on in the mm. organization because they're interested, because they care, because they're giving you money. So I, 
you know, I think this in idea of inside out and outside in, of course, the outside in gets neglected. Uh, Many organisations, when they come to us, have think, you know, they, you know, our value propositions, it was OK, but it's kind of not really working anymore. Mm. And then we can start to work to unpick what that means. Mm. And of course, that those perceptions then start shaping their their beliefs and their attitudes and their and ultimately their behaviors towards you. Um, so yeah, I can see that's how that's important. I, and I'm, as you're speaking there, I'm thinking, well, who decides it's valuable? Well, you know, that's a two-way thing. Of course, you have got to build for value. But the ultimate arbiter is mm. the client, Surely, is the customer. Yeah. Because mm. They're the ones who will either come back or they won't. They will mm. say whether that was a valuable experience, purchase, service, whatever yeah. it was. And you can say, but you're wrong. But, <laughs> but that, you know, oh, dear. You know, you, you've got to be you've got to be savvy enough to say, I need to understand uh, what's going on. Now, let me be quite clear here. Value propositions are about creating a win win. This is not a do over somebody else. This is not customer wins, we lose. Because why would you do, of course, everybody wants to make money, everybody wants to make profit, everybody wants to have a reason to go to the go to work tomorrow, even if it's come downstairs or go upstairs to work. But it's, um, you know, it, it's making sure, let me just pause a second and say, I think most organizations actually know their sources of value in terms of it, it might be these five things. But what mm. they might not know is that if you lose those two, that um, the others wouldn't matter so much. So they might not understand the relative hierarchy or prioritization of value that customers or clients apportion. Right. So is that the work that you do? Is that, when you talk about this outside in, is that what you do? I, I know you, the client we worked with, you went and did some work you know, in communicating and in, in asking questions of the clients mm. to get that outside in view. That seems to be something you specialize in doing. We do. I mean, we have got a six step methodology, our own methodology, we call the value proposition builder. And it's a holistic process uh, of which uh, uh, arguably the most important, but it is only one stage, is going out and talking to um, the end user, client or customer mm. in and I don't mean in a customer satisfaction way. I'm talking about a psychology-informed business conversation mm. to understand what is really happening with you. What is it that you're experiencing, Mr. Ms. Customer? What is of value to you? Why is it of value? And what difference has my client, the organization, made? Because people tend, until you get them, talking and exploring we don't have a, a set questionnaire we have areas of topic guide but then we will follow wherever that that interviewee leads mm. and I think the other thing that I wanted to say is it's all very well looking retrospectively which is what customer sat does the other thing we also do is go and look at so where do you want this company yeah. to go this is so important it's the future it's, projection it's so stuff. important yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. what is missing? What do you want now? Yeah. So this becomes not only a we can base the foundations of the value proposition on what's valuable today, but also you can then start to innovate. You can start to yeah. craft a new by what does what what's the client looking for now? Yeah. And I mean, that that just makes complete sense. It You know, the idea is a bit like 
asking for feedback on employees, looking backwards is not as valuable as saying, would you re-employ this person? Yeah. You know, would, what do you think, what value they're going to offer in the future? And I think that's, you know, do you, do you perceive this organization that's been serving you yeah. able and equipped to keep moving with the time? So can you talk perhaps a little bit about why, um, why is it particularly important at this time? Right, right now. Yes, what an interesting world we're living in. Mm. In this time of what they're calling VUCA, the volatility, uncertainty, complexity and ambiguity, um, you know, it is never been more important. Customers are profoundly changing. We have changed. It's not like customers are somebody else. We, we are clients, we are customers. Mm. We have changed how we, you know, how we view this. The pandemic has impacted our perspective on things, our attitude towards things. Digital, I mean, you know, everything is now digital. Here we are, Martin. Mm, yeah, indeed. You know, talking remotely, no longer sitting face-to-face -face in a studio. Yeah. Here we are talking remotely and exploring things. So digital, yeah. how we see things, has mm. all impacted customer attitude. And I think I specialise in B2B, business-to-business -business, um, organisations, um, B2C have had, you know, the, they have had to sharpen up so much mm. in terms of how they engage with customers. When retail high street has gone, has gone so, so um, well, non-existent really. Mm. And B2C, I think, are doing a, a, a fantastic job. And it is impacting us in the B2B world, our B2C experiences. And so I think, you know, this, this whole, you know, we are systemic creatures. We are creatures of habit. When we get something in a certain world, in our private lives, in our yeah. family world, we kind of think, well, shouldn't we be able to have that in our business-to-business -business engagement? Yes. And so customers are profoundly changing. And I would argue that many value propositions for B2B organizations right now are somewhat, let's just say they need a reset. Yeah. They might not need throwing out. That's not true. Mm. I'm not say, suggesting that for one minute. But do you really know what your customers want now? Mm. Because I don't know anybody who's sure. In fact, we did. Um, we've been running um, a survey for, um, for for quite a bit of 2020 on calibrating and doing a benchmark of what B2B organisations are feeling and how do they feel that they understand. And the clear area where they're feeling uncertain is: Do I really understand what my customers want now? Mm. So um, not only do I, you know sense it i also think it because i've got some evidence about it I, um, I i read i was reading an interest actually in the in the article i saw uh, uh that you produced and i was quite fascinated and I, I really related to the point that you made around how you know consumers business consumers will go and check a product out yeah. and those behaviors that you might exhibit you know checking you know, TripAdvisor or something in a hotel or a restaurant score or, you know, and, you know, you, you, you do a little bit of browsing. And I thought, actually, yes, you're right. You're, the businesses are starting to do that now. They've got access to this information. So, you know, whereas before you didn't have that access, right? No, I, I mean, digital is, is yeah, absolutely. Digital is enabling everything. Customers have so much at their fingertips. Uh, uh, Everybody is now far more networked digitally as well. Mm. Network used to be, you know, a sort of coterie of friends and peers mm. and, and customers. 
now it's we've all part of forums and boards and groups and LinkedIn and ways of engaging in ways that we didn't before. I don't know how many webinars I've been on uh, where people are exploring things and getting to know different ways and ideas and understanding and unpicking and uncovering. Mm. So customers were never passive. Clients were never sitting there like baby birds with their beaks open waiting mm. to be fed by the company. Uh, even though sometimes I think companies thought they were, the customer wasn't doing anything. They were just waiting for them. But that's so not true now. Mm. And so this this idea of VUCA, but it, 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 it sets up a dynamism in the marketplace, which means that you can't go around doing fairly stolid, classic business planning in a way that you did. It has to have that flexibility. Totally. You know, yeah. It has to have that way of, of moving to, to, uh, to make sure that you're keeping abreast of what the customer is valuing. Absolutely. Absolutely right. So one of the things that actually I, I think, you know, as you're speaking there, it feels to me like the whole process of selling uh, is, is more authentic. It's more real. You know, Thank goodness. It, it, I was talking to a, a professional services, very senior person actually earlier this morning um, about kind of, you know, communicating and, and um, building relationships in this current world. And, and she was talking about the way that the glossy presentation, turning up to reception, suited, booted, tie, it very polished. My arms. Yeah, it's very predictable. We know what's going to happen. Uh, everyone's trying to avoid making any mistakes, but who are these people? And she was describing that in this world, we're getting up close and personal to people. So I think that's an interesting um, added benefit, actually, uh, of given all the restrictions we've got, there are some definite distinct benefits in getting closer uh, to, to our customers. Passionately agree with you, passionately agree with your, with your connection this morning. Mm. Um, authenticity, um, well, for me, was always the way. Um, mm. Certainly in the B2B world, certainly with mature buyers, uh, they can always sniff the inauthentic. Yeah. We have a great BS calibration, most of us these days. Yeah, we do. Um, you know, customers quite rightly have, have developed a, a skin of cynicism and they're just not impressed yeah i mean it's it's they're just not impressed by the i know everything you know present something at you Mm. we have to show up as humans i think what the pandemic has done has almost released humanity again to realize what's important for us again we've all had a sort of Mm. um humanity recalibration if i can put it that way we have yeah it's important that we are who we are and we look after each other in mental health and Mm. care Mm. and i i think that sort of i i don't believe anybody listening to this uh, podcast martin is going to be thinking oh i was always inauthentic i mean i think we always thought we were authentic but i think what we were were quite procedural maybe quite formal and perhaps inauthenticity yeah. can you know be come across because we felt mm. we were throttling ourselves back yeah. and i'm not saying that we should be hey you know let's mm. get down with the kids but i think we can actually say I, you know, I care and I, I, I'm, I'm trying to help here mm. uh, in, that, in that way of, of uh, being human. 
I think one of the biggest things that will come out of this is that people are going to be more humanistic. Um, and you know, we're, you know, we're connecting to people at a deeper level. People are connecting more closely at a, at a community level as well, because they're spending more time in it. And I think that's flavoring people's outlook on people. So I'm delighted about it. Look, I, just before we leave, I would like to talk, we're starting to veer into the, into the area of uh, something you described as solution selling. But before we get into that, just maybe Helen, for people listening, you know, three or four tips on creating a really good value proposition. What would, what would be some of the key ingredients that you think are essential? Would you mind? Well, my, my, honestly, my number one top tip is just, well, my number one top tip is bring the customer in. I mean, right. that's it. Go yeah. and engage and bring your client into your value proposition process. Yeah. You know, without okay. that, you are doing the classic outside in only approach. I think I would take a good, honest, I call it getting in the helicopter. Go and have a look at your business and say, are you honestly certain what your customers want now? Mm. And have a bit of calibration of, are you starting to be commoditized? Are you feeling off the pace? Mm. Trust your judgment. Business people are really good. Trust your judgment. Mm. Um, And I would make sure that you're aligning your selling styles to how you're positioning your business, your products, your services in the marketplace. Right, okay. So that concludes the first part of my interview with Helen Blake. If you really enjoyed this interview, and I'm sure you did and you took value from it, you're gonna really enjoy the second part of our discussion, which was about something we call solution selling. The process of going about winning large scale opportunities, transformational opportunities, and the nuances in the different approaches when it comes to developing those opportunities for clients. I really enjoyed the discussion. I'm sure you will do. So we look forward to you joining us in the second part of this discussion. Thank you for listening. Thank you.